so good morning. Good to see all of you here. I have a little brief sort of puzzle for you. What do an American flag, a wedding, and this <laughs> golden arches have in common? I mean, maybe if the wedding's on the 4th of July and it's catered by McDonald's. I don't know. But they're all symbols. They're outward uh, representations of some other reality. A flag is a symbol of a country. A wedding is a symbol of a relationship, a commitment, uh, a level of relationship between two people. And of course, the golden arches aren't anything without those hamburgers and french fries that we get to purchase in the actual restaurant. There are lots of symbols in our lives, and this morning we're going to get to see another symbol. We're going to have a baptism in just a few minutes. Uh, I wanted to mention a few things before we did that. Some in our church family are going to get into a pool that we have outside, and they're going to go under the water and then come up again. Now, I use this slide because I'm hoping we're going to have about that much water in the pool. They've been filling it for a long time. But what is that a symbol of? Each of you people who are going to be baptized, uh, and each of the people you watch going through this, they love the Lord, and they want to follow Him for the rest of their lives. And by being baptized, they're publicly showing that this is what they've decided to do. It's an outward symbol of an internal or inward reality. Now, baptism is a big subject. There are lots and lots of books written on it, and not just one church fight historically in church history over the subject of baptism. So I'm just going to talk about a few things related to it without getting into a whole lot of detail. Uh, you may know a lot of this stuff already, but I'm going to focus on three questions. Why do we baptize? Why do churches have a variety of practices around baptism? And do you have to be baptized to go to heaven? Why do we baptize? Some important facts. At the end of the book of Matthew, as Jesus is talking to his disciples before he leaves them. He says, uh, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, this wasn't some new thing he's springing on the disciples. He didn't say this to say, wait, wait, baptism, what is that? How do we do it? What, what goes on here? We read in John chapter 4 that Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. And the scripture says, although in fact it was not Jesus who, was ba who baptized, but his disciples. So we don't read about it except for this one little verse, but during Jesus' three years of ministry... As they went around, the disciples were baptizing people. And Jesus had, was gaining so many disciples, baptizing so many people, 
that the Pharisee says he's getting more people than John had. Uh, there's a Jewish connection. And John sort of used this immersion cleansing, which was part of Jewish uh, ritual and rules, and co-opted it for uh, baptism of repentance. There's, there were a lot of rules about washing and so on. But this is sort of where, the, where baptism had its roots. It mirrors the baptism of the Spirit. And we read in many places in Scripture about that. Here's one, 1 Corinthians 12. For we were all baptized by one Spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free. Uh, the, one of the ways the Bible talks about the process that put us all into one body is that we were baptized by the Spirit. Well, when we get baptized, and I mean water baptism here, what are we doing? It's a statement that we are followers of Christ who have been given new life in Him. And so we're symbolically declaring that's true. That's already true of us. Romans chapter 6 says, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the uh, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So it's a statement that we've been given new life, and again, we're symbolically declaring that that's true. The symbol is the outward, and that's telling us about something that's inward. Well, why do different churches have different practices around baptism? Well, why do different churches do anything different from other ones? Well, they have different interpretations of what the Bible says. They have different church histories and traditions and different church cultures. If it was in, within my power in the next two minutes, I would explain to you why that is and all the differences and how we could pull everything together as one. But uh, we have different groups. Most of them, brothers and sisters in Christ, have come to some different conclusions about things. Uh, and they have their reasons. The good news is, the emphasis of Scripture is not on the details of the symbols. Whether for baptism or the Lord's Supper that we just celebrated. You won't get how-tos on these things. Uh, it, because the symbol is not the important thing. It's the reality it represents. We at New Hope represent a number of different church backgrounds in the people that come here. In spite of that, we have found unity in several basic truths. Jesus, we meet in the name of Jesus alone. All are welcome. Love the Lord Jesus. The Bible is God's revelation of himself. The body, God's church, is composed of all who believe, gifted by the will of God, placed into community in this local expression of the body of Christ. And there are a few others. It seems, as we look at Scripture, 
that the first century mode of baptism was typically immersion. We also think in New Hope that it best pictures what baptism symbolizes. But what is important about baptism, or even the Lord's Supper service, is the inward reality behind it. The details of the symbol are less important. Finally, do you have to be baptized to go to heaven? No. <laughs> oh, shucks. Uh, because it's that outward expression of an inward reality that's already happened. Further, neither the baptism nor the Lord's Supper saves you, neither helps you get more grace or love from God, and neither of them makes you any different or any better. It's a declaration about something that's already happened and some intention you have going forward. So, just to wrap this up, when you're hungry, there's few of us that would be tempted to eat the McDonald's sign. <laughs> Instead, we would look past the sign to the restaurant itself to get something to eat. The sign or symbol only points to the reality. The reality is that these people you will see love the Lord Jesus and want to follow him for the rest of their lives. By being baptized, they are publicly showing that this is what they've decided. So what we're going to do now uh, for the rest of the service is we're going to quietly get up and, I shouldn't say quiet, sound like a school teacher. Children, be thieves, sneaky thieves, talk quietly. But no, we're going to get up and go outside, out the front door this way, and uh, there's the pool set up. Bill is going to sort of instruct us from there.